0: Blog Talk Radio Everyone, This is Zenobia Bailey coming to you from the Pacific Northwest, outside of Seattle, Washington. Grace and peace to you. Folks, these are truly unprecedented times. High at the top of the list for many, is money. Now, while I am not naive enough to think that this podcast can address everyone's need in this area, I do believe and have personally experienced what I consider adequate finances and less than that. So it is with this mindset and heart that we begin. I know personally of a number of individuals who are really reeling at this time. I read and I watch the news and you really don't have to look far particularly living in a sanctuary state, to see the devastation of homelessness and drug abuse and many other abuses, neglect. And I know that it's not merely a sanctuary state that these unfold. But I've been in many other states, even during this period of time. And the, for lack of a better word, the devastation, the degree of devastation is just not there. So I want to say on the front side, I think we all, I believe, not just think, we all have responsibility in this area. Now, we all may not... uh, do something about it, then that's okay. Because for those who do, a huge difference is already being made and can continue to be made. I would hope that if not before, by listening to this podcast today, that everyone would look inward to see what it is that they can do, that we can do, or do even more of to help ease the crisis for somebody. You never know who you might touch and who that person, maybe not in the immediate future, and then again, maybe so, who that person my touch. You just never, ever know. I read not too long ago of someone going to a restaurant, having a very nice meal. It wasn't an exclusive restaurant. It was just a nice restaurant. And I'm not minimizing that. I'm just saying it was just a nice restaurant. The waitress served this individual. She did her usual. She was usually kind and attentive and specific. So this particular evening, it was no different in terms of the waitress and in terms of the restaurant providing a good, tasty meal. But it was incredibly different what the person left as a tip I don't know how much the bill was. I'm sure with one individual, it certainly wouldn't have been over $100. Maybe more in line with 50 Maybe, maybe less, maybe a little more. But this gentleman left this waitress a tip for $1 million. Unfortunately, the owner of the restaurant was so indignant that he contacted the person who left the tip. So I'm not going to go into any further details about that except to say you don't know who you might meet. You don't know. You're not doing it. We don't do things to get something back, but you just don't know who you might influence. There have been plenty of people who have influenced me and have caused me to think about and then do some of the things that I do for others. I remember someone at a time that I had a crisis in my life, a financial crisis in my life, that someone said to me, Zenobia, let's just go to the market together. And I thought, Thank you. I don't have to spend gas on this. I'm going to go and I'm going to get my few packages. And to my amazement, my friend said, you don't need a basket today. Whatever you put in this basket has been paid for or will be paid for. And she encouraged me. At first I was putting... A few things in but she encouraged me no you put in the basket whatever you would have put if there were no restrictions cart watch so moving from that story that personal story I want to share for these few minutes that we have I'd like to share from a favorite. Pastor, Dr. Tony Evans, and this book is entitled Kingdom Stewardship. I am reading from one of his later chapters in the book. Let's see. The chapter is called Release, but the section is called Give, Save, Spend. So he writes, if you will begin to fully apply these three words in this order to your financial choices, you will begin to see your financial life will be immensely rewarded. Your path to financial freedom is completely tied to these three words. I have touched on the concept of giving in an earlier chapter, unless and until you get this part of your financial stewardship right, you will not experience the fullness of the financial blessings that God has in store for you. This principle is the foundation upon which all else is built since it establishes your recognition of God as your source. Unfortunately, in Christian circles today, we are experiencing a condition that I call cirrhosis of the giver. It is estimated that less than 20% of all Christians faithfully tithe, and we wonder why we are experiencing financial struggles, strain, and deceit. When we fail to live out God's principles with regard to stewardship, and in particular, giving, we fail to reap God's blessings with regard to reward and provision. We also leave the church short of the kingdom resources necessary to have the kingdom impact that God expects his people to make in the world. You can't be a kingdom steward and a spiritual thief at the same time and simultaneously expect the blessings of God. The reward of financial freedom involves honoring God with your finances. If you skip that basic premise, it won't matter what else you do. God has scissors and your pockets will have holes. I was 22 years old when I learned this principle. At the time, all I made was $350 a month. We weren't just poor. We were poor. Yet... Even though all I made was $350 a month, before we did anything else at all, a tithe of $35 was given to God, as well as an offering of $15. In giving the tithe and offering to God, I wasn't just telling him that I was giving him my money. I was telling him that I knew that he is the owner and I am the steward and that all I have is his. It is such a simple principle that it it amazes me how many people don't believe it, operate by it, or benefit from it. God didn't make the road to financial victory a mystery. He set up a signpost clearly marked and said, Give to me, then I will protect you, provide for you, and promote what you do. Yet so many people say, Tony, I can't afford to tithe, to which I reply, you can't afford not to. You need all the help you can get, and that help comes from God. Don't rob God and then expect to experience all that he wishes to bless you with. You are ripping off the one who has the power to help you. Another question I often hear with regard to the tithe is, Tony, does God want me to tithe off of the gross or off of the net? To this I reply, do you want God to bless the gross or the net? It's your call. God has made it clear what the solution is. He hasn't hidden the answer. It's up to you. Whether or not you follow, it's up to you whether or not you position yourself to receive the rewards or position yourself to live life carrying bags or purses with holes in them. The second step on the path to experiencing the reward of financial freedom involves an equally unfamiliar word in many circles today save. Savings is the opposite of debt, because savings is future oriented, while illegitimate consumer debt, as opposed to what is is past oriented. Savings involve putting away something for tomorrow, while debt involves paying for yesterday. Unfortunately, around 40% of Americans do not have enough savings to cover a $400 emergency. In fact, biblical principles on money include not only saving for yourself, but also saving for your descendants. Proverbs says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You aren't merely to be thinking of yourself with regard to your financial plans, you are to be making plans for your grandchildren as well. Yet, most Christians today can't even get around to the grandchildren because they haven't gotten around to the children. And worse yet, haven't gotten around to saving for themselves. The majority of believers are one crisis away from bankruptcy. The greatest biblical illustration of the benefits of savings comes from the principles that Joseph followed while in Egypt not only blessed him, but they also blessed his family and entire nations. Pharaoh had a dream that he could not understand, which included seven fat cows and seven lean cows, as well as seven good ears of corn and seven scorched ears of corn. Joseph's God-given interpretation of that dream gives us one of the greatest precepts for financial victory we could ever follow. Joseph instructed Pharaoh to take from the abundance of the harvest and save it so that when the time came for Egypt and the surrounding nations to experience lack, they would have a surplus to fall back on. Scripture tells us of Joseph's instructions. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers in charge of the land and let him exact a fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Then let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up the grain for food in the cities under Pharaoh's authority and let them guard it. Let the food become as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which will occur in the land of Egypt so that the land will not perish during the famine. Joseph advised Pharaoh to set aside and save during the years of plenty so that there would be enough to supply everyone's needs in the years of famine. You never know when you are going to run into a month year, or even a decade of famine. Many people were caught off guard when our nation's economy took a downturn in 2008. This is because they had not learned the principle of living a life of financial victory that includes saving for the future. Both tithing and saving should be so automatic that you take off of the top of your earnings with no questions asked. Even if you have to start out saving only a small amount, you still need to do it. You need to develop the habit of saving. Cultivate the virtue of saying no to instant gratification and yes to prolonged stability. Parents should also be teaching their children how to save. An early and steady habit of saving will yield big rewards in the long term. They should be taught to consistently put away a percentage of their income and to seek to grow that percentage as their age and income expands. This will establish savings as a lifestyle. Yet because we as parents fail to model a healthy, and biblical worldview of savings to our children, we see them spend, spend, spend rather than save, 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 save. It is a fool who spends everything he has. If I told you that you were going to die, yet there was a $5,000 surgery that could save your life, but your insurance doesn't cover it, would you find that money somehow? Most likely you would. You would discover a way to come up with $5,000. This is because saving this money has now become a priority to you. We make the things happen in our lives that are a priority for us. Your future should be a priority for you. God illustrates this through one of the smallest creatures on earth whose wisdom concerning saving is much greater than of most of us. We read in Proverbs, Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. The ant knows how to gather and store away for later. However, many people today who hold math bachelor's masters or even higher degrees have not yet learned this principle and then we wonder why there is so much stress when it comes to the handling of finances many of us are not saving money because we have maxed out our personal budgets already we don't see any surplus to set aside for later because every dollar that comes in is already claimed for something else. Our house note, car note, grocery bill, and entertainment bill along with student loans and everything else use up all that we earn. However, there are a few practical tips that you can do to cut back on your expenses in an effort to save money. And while these do not include all the money-saving tips that put you in a better position to save, these are what I call my top 10 tips to reduce expenses and manage your money so that you can become a better, wiser kingdom steward. So until next week, we will stop here and then we will open next week looking at Dr. Evans' 10 money management tips. I'm reading from the book entitled Tony Evans' Kingdom Stewardship. Managing, the subtitle is Managing All of Life Under God's Rules. So thank you, folks. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Have a wonderful weekend.